0: This right here could be the biggest moment of his career. Is it his time? Yes! Noah Watson is wearing a green jacket at Augusta. There's no doubt about it. The bear has
1: come out of hibernation. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Happy Tuesday here on the Golf Preview Podcast as we put a bow on the 2023 PGA Tour season and get you some picks for the Omega Masters. And... You know, if you're someone who has taken every play I've given out Tuesday after Tuesday, you finished off the PGA tour season up 84.4 units. You know, the success that we had at the last two events of the playoffs was absolutely vital. There was a little cold stretch there after we hit the the Kepka ticket at the PGA championship. I struggled in those last three events of the regular season. You know, the FedEx St. Jude card was an absolute disaster besides the the Glover over Hodges ticket. So the bottom line is we were really losing blood uh, heading into the BMW championship up there in Illinois. And that's when we hopped aboard the Victor Hovland train. And Victor took us to the promised land here over the last two weeks of the season. Starting at the BMW, we hit the Hovland top five ticket at plus 330 odds, the 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 Rory first round leader ticket uh, at Olympia Fields and the Connors top 10 ticket were huge hits for us there as well. And then going into last week, going into the tour championship, we knew that Scheffler and Rory were having issues with the putting. We found out right after the last pod last week that Rory was dealing with some back issues. And that showed right from the get go there on Thursday. We knew that. Hovland was the obvious outright and he ultimately played uh, 72 holes of immaculate golf and secured his sixth PGA tour title uh, along with 30 plus million dollars as a result of not only winning the tour championship, but also the, the season long FedEx cup points race. Let's do some player of the year and Ryder cup before we get into the European masters picks. And as far as the programming schedule over the next month or two goes, I'll preview uh, the rest of the DP world tour season from here uh, until the DP world tour championship, which will conclude on November 19th. So they have uh, 10 events total left on the European tour schedule. There's four total DP world tour events left before the Ryder cup. And then after the action in Rome, you'll see Rory McIlroy and John Rahm and Victor Hovlin and some of the other big time European talents uh, play the last four or five events on the DP World schedule, Hovland is currently seventh on the DP World Tour order of merit. So he'll look to become the third player ever to finish atop both the PGA Tour and the European Tour money lists at the end of the season. Henrik Stinson did it in 2013. Roy McElroy became the second to accomplish that last year. And Victor Hovland uh, will have a very good opportunity to become the third to do so in November. Now, as far as the PGA Tour Player of the Year is concerned, I think a lot of people um, are going to be surprised by who wins this. It'll come down to John Rahm, Victor Hovland, and Scotty Scheffler. Rahm had four wins on the season. He won two of three events on the California Swing, had the best run on the West Coast Swing since Johnny Miller in the 70s, and then Rom would go on to win the Masters in April. He is the the public's pick for the player of the year but the fact is you know his last win came in april you know he he finished second at the open we'll give that to him but you know he really lost a bunch of ground in the playoffs he didn't have any notable results in those last three playoff events and rom ended up finishing 18th on the fedex cup standings i know the you know the way they do the points at the the fedex cup is debatable Um, you know, and and I, and I know you have to give Rom his props with the green jacket and four total wins, but not winning since April really stands out to me. Um, I I think the winner of the PGA tour player of the year is going to be Victor Hovland. And that's because he showed out on the, the PGA tours, largest stage of the year, which is the FedEx cup playoffs. Remember the masters is not the PGA tours tournament. I, I know it's everyone's favorite event of the year. It's my favorite event of the year. But as far as the PGA Tour player of the Year, the tour takes uh, the, the playoff performance and, of course, the winner of the players into strong consideration, maybe even stronger than a green jacket. Uh, and that's really only it's not like it's not like they look at the the playoffs and the players and say, "Hey, we, we have a bigger product here than the masters." They don't look at it that way, but they're the ones uh, doing the administration, managing the fields. Uh, for the playoffs and the players. So when it comes to their player of the year award, uh, they're going to take stronger considerations into playoff performance and how one performed at the players. Now, Scotty Shuffler was the winner of the players. He defended uh, his title in Phoenix, you know, won at TPC Sawgrass and had the best ball striking year since Tiger in 2000. But at the end of the day, two wins won't trump Rahm and Hoblin's three win season. So Scheffler is out. Uh, Hoblin, you know, he not only won the memorial, uh and, and we all know, you know, what Jack's tournament means to the tour. You know, Hoblin not only won at Jack's place, but he also, you know, won the last two events of the year, as well as leading the season ending points race. I know, you know, Hoblin doesn't have a major to his name, but the fact that at, at 25 years old, he finished third at the Players, seventh at the Masters, second at the PGA, and then would go on to win three times in his final eight starts of the season, that right there to me is tough to beat. Um, and, you know, I I would take, I, I'm taking Hovland to win uh, over Rom for the PGA Tour Player of the Year, not only because I thought hovland's year was more impressive but also due to the fact that the pga tour and it kind of goes into what i said with you know where they value the playoffs and where they value the players the pga tour wants to continue to show uh the importance of the playoffs and try to to bring it to the hype level to the playoffs and other sports and i think giving the the player of the year to hovland does exactly that if you're the pga tour now i'm not saying it's correct here you know, if the PGA tour wants its playoff system to model other sports, then you need to have a regular season player of the year award. And then, a, you know, a, a postseason player of the year award as well, kind of like a world series MVP last year in the MLB. Otani won the regular season player of the year award. And then you had Jeremy Pena uh, win the world series MVP. If, if the, if the PGA tour had that kind of award system, this would go a lot easier. You would have John Rahm as your regular season Player of the Year award with with three regular season wins, and then a green jacket. And then you would award Victor Hovland with the FedEx Cup playoffs MVP. Granted, he you know got hot in the playoffs uh, last year. It would have been Scotty Scheffler as your regular season Player of the Year, and then Rory McIlroy would have been your FedEx Cup playoffs MVP. You know, so that's how that would look. I I, I think they should certainly add something like that, uh, you know, just to give another award to to who performed best in the playoffs. Now, why do you need another award when, you know, you got Victor Hoblin winning 30 plus million dollars for taking home the tour championship and the, the the FedEx Cup points race? Maybe you don't need an award for it, but. You know there's going to be some controversy. Rom is an outspoken player. He might have a couple words to say if Victor end up getting Victor ends up getting awarded the Player of the Year, uh, which I think he certainly will. Uh, but those are just some other options. I think you should certainly have some kind of playoff MVP if you're the, if you're the PGA Tour. If you want your playoffs to to try to model the NFL or the MLB or NBA, you got to have the the most valuable player as far as the postseason is concerned. And the Golf Riders Association, I would guess they would give the award to Rom because they don't have a vesting interest in the PGA tour. The GWA will take you know Rom's DP World Tour performance into consideration as well. So you may see Rom get the the vote from the writers, but as far as the PGA Tour player of the year, it's Victor Hovland all the way. Now Final headline before we get to the picks, American Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson announced his six captains picks to round out Team USA. So this is what 7 through 12 will look like for the Americans in Rome. Uh there at the end of September we're a month away uh from the Ryder Cup in Rome. So here's what the American captain's picks look like. Number 7, you know, right out of the gate, slap in the face, Sam Burns, which we'll we'll circle back to number 8. Ricky Fowler, number nine; Brooks Kepka, number ten; Colin Morikawa, number eleven; Jordan Spieth, and number twelve, Justin Thomas. So last week I told you, uh, you know, I told you that it was going to be, I told you it was going to be Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, uh, Cam Young, who was left off, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Thomas. That's what I thought it was going to be. Instead, we get Sam Burns, who hasn't, who hasn't done a damn thing. Uh, you know, since the end of March, we'll get Sam Burns over Cam Young. So, number one, I let me first give Zach Johnson credit for for leaving off Lucas Glover and leaving off Keegan Bradley, despite recent good play. You can't take Glover to a, a Ryder Cup, given that he came back to earth at the BMW and Tour Championship after the back-to-back wins at Sedgefield and Memphis. He did not putt well at Olympia Fields or at Eastlake. So Glover's run of good golf has obviously come to a close. Kudos to Zach Johnson for leaving him at home. Uh, You know, number two, a lot of Twitter talking heads are giving ZJ a bunch of grief because he didn't take Keegan Bradley uh, who, you know, won twice on the PGA tour this year. The average fan is not too happy that Keegan uh, is going to be sitting at home in a month's time. And, There's a couple things with Keegan. Uh, Number one, outside of Keegan's win at the Travelers in late June, he was non-existent on most leaderboards in the spring. 29th at the PGA, miscut at the U.S. Open and miscut at the British Open. So, you know, Keegan really didn't show up to any of the last three majors after finishing 23rd at the Masters. Uh, You know, Keegan, you know, he he also he didn't finish better than 29th at any of the playoff events. And and then after grabbing a share of the lead early in the tour championship, Keegan dropped all the way back to to ninth on the weekend. So, you know, number one is the fact that outside his win in Connecticut in June, Keegan Bradley has not been contending week to week on the PGA Tour. And number two, besides a couple good runs and foursomes, and and four balls with Phil Mickelson in the early 2010s Keegan's match play record is atrocious. I mean seriously Keegan Bradley's career singles record is 112 and 6. And I mean that that counts as Ryder Cup record, that counts as Presidents Cup record and that counts as WGC Dell Match Play record. So between recent play and his overall performance in match play Yeah, Keegan Bradley, to me, was never really a realistic candidate if I was in the shoes of Zach Johnson. So um, kudos to ZJ for leaving off Lucas Glover and Keegan Bradley. Now, here is my one problem. What is Sam Burns doing on this roster? What is Sam Burns doing on this roster? Answer me that. Okay, Sam Burns... Has two top 10 finishes since the end of March. And let me tell you, he has never done a damn thing on European soil. His best finish at an open championship is 42nd. 42nd. What about Dustin Johnson, who went 5-0 and 0 at the last Ryder Cup? Huh? What happened to DJ? He won. He's won on he won on Live this year. I know no, none of us are watching that, but it's still a win it's still it's still a you know it, it's still a a notable win for DJ, and on top of that, he knows how to play Lynx golf and he was five zero 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 and0 at the last Rider Cup. What about DJ? What about cam Young uh who had top 10 finishes at the Masters in the Open championship this year what what happened to cam Young? W- was it because Zalatoris is hurt? You know, now, now that Zhao doesn't have a say, now that he can't bring his buddy along, or Cam Young doesn't make the team? Fit fee, Cam Young finished top five in three of four majors last year and then played phenomenal at the Masters in the Open Championship this year. What happened to Cam Young? Heck, I, I would have taken Bryson DeChambeau over Sam Burns. Bryson finished fourth of the PGA, 20th at the U.S. Open, and then one Greenbrier two weeks ago, closing out with the 58. What happened to Bryson? Brooks is on the team. He's he's on live golf. Brooks not only is he on the team, he was a captain's pick. So I don't want to hear from Zach Johnson. Oh, I, I didn't get to see live golf. I I don't know what's going on over there. You watch the major, Zach you were right there. Bryson finished 4th the PGA, 20th at the US Open, and I know damn well he saw the headlines that that, that Bryson shot 58 at, at Greenbrier in the final round. I I I don't get it. And I, I know it's one player. It you could you some people are trying to tell me oh it's not going to make the difference just the one last player. Sam Burns sucks at links golf. So it, it certainly could come down to it. And, you know, I understand that the the Brysons and the, the, the Patrick Reeds of the world are, you know, they don't like to talk to anyone in the team room. And, you know, they, they don't want to go to the team Bible study. And, you know, they, they might be tough to manage in a team setting. But, you know, to take Sam Burns, who, who he's done nothing since his win at the Dell match, but he's done nothing. That is a total shocker to me. The bottom line is Cam Young and Dustin Johnson had better cases for that spot, and that's the one glaring thing that I think Zach Johnson got wrong in his captain's picks. The the you know the the Burns pick to me seems a little bit more of of the friendly pick. As Eamon Lynch said, it sounds like, hey, who's going to fit in more on the boys trip? Uh, you know, it's like we're forgetting that this is a Ryder Cup and just turning in this into a boys trip. And, you know, it, it, to me, it seems like Burns was a little more on the, you know, well, our number one guy, Scotty Scheffler, who's his best friend, Sam Burns. Uh, you know, let's take Burns. That, that, that's to, that to me, because it wasn't his results. It wasn't Burns' results. It had to have been something else. Burns is a guy that fits in the locker room better. We're, we're, now we're doing the Nick Casario and Bill O'Brien thing. Who Who fits in the locker room better? Who's going to host the Bible study or two with Scotty Scheffler? I'm, I listen, I'm not concerned at all with who's the nice guy in the room. And neither is Luke Donald, who's captaining the European team. He could care less about who is getting along in that room. At the end of the day, when the Europeans come together at the Ryder Cup, all the beefs, all the, you know, all the arguments, the Europeans know how to put all of that to the side and just focus on the task at hand, which is kicking the Americans' ass. I wish Team USA would little would do a little bit more of the same thing. Oh yeah, but now that you know what, now that Bryson, uh, you know Bryson's more is more of a uh, a manageable and conversational human being than Brooks. I don't think so. I'm not concerned with, with with who the nice guy in the room is. I, I want someone who isn't afraid to look a European player in the eye on the first tee and say, hey, listen, fuck your home soil. Fuck your fans. I'm going to kick your ass today. And, and I just don't see Burns as a guy who has that kind of chutzpah. I, I just don't. I just don't. I've never seen him do it at a major. I've never seen him show up and, and, and contend at a major. I've never seen him contend on European soil. So I, I, I don't see him as being, as being that guy who can create some intimidation on European soil. Now, fortunately, Justin Thomas is the guy that fits that mold. He is not afraid to show off that chip on his shoulder and get a little pissed off out there. And I, I can't tell you the amount of clowns that are out there right now on Twitter and all the other... All the other dot-coms talking about how Justin Thomas didn't deserve to make this team. First off, look at look at Sam Burns. Look at his year besides the win at the Dell match, but I give him that. Look at his, the rest of his year. Not, nothing much to brag about there. Now, I'm not gonna deny that, you know, that JT's been atrocious over the course of this year. Uh, you know, I you know, missed half the majors is it was about as bad as it could have gone. But Justin Thomas is just a special player when it comes to match play, and his record speaks for that 16, 5, and 6, 16, 5, and 5, one of those. It's incredible. Listen, Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter, you know, was a European stalwart for a decade in Ryder Cups and only qualified for the European team through points once. Poulter played in seven Ryder Cups and was a captain's pick in six of them. In six of them. A- and that's just how it goes with Ryder Cups and President's Cups. Both sides have their weapons uh, that, you know, just 100% have to be on the team. For Europe, it was Poulter for many years. For the Americans, Justin Thomas is now that guy. 16-5-3 to confirm his lifetime in team competitions for Justin Thomas. He is just a, he's a force to be reckoned with, 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 uh, for the Europeans, you know, Rory McIlroy will tell you that he can, Justin Thomas can step up in the time where it matters most. And if you care about all that other rah-rah, the team leader stuff, it, Justin Thomas marks those, those boxes too. He's a leader in the team room, friends with all the guys. Everyone likes him. Everyone wants to listen to him. So, you know, I have no problem. With Zach Johnson taking a, a a bit more of a a team format, reliable Justin Thomas over a Keegan Bradley or a Lucas Glover. The only thing that I would have changed would be leaving Sam Burns at home and taking Cam Young, Dustin Johnson, or Bryson DeChambeau. All right, enough with the headlines. Let's get you what you're here for, which is picks for the Omega European Masters, which is going down at Cransyair Golf Club in Switzerland. I mean the highs of 78 the lows of of 50 I would kill for some of that brisk Swiss weather right now as I you know sit here sweating off my dairy air here in the Houston heat. The order of play today will be discussing the top 7 favorites on the odds list. I'll give you one matchup and two picks to place. Then we'll move on to the outright winner and sleeper. And we will finish off things with a lineup scoring prediction, first round leader, and a best bet. I'm your host, Will Doctor. Let's get you all the picks and predictions you need for the European Masters. All right, we begin here with Matthew Fitzpatrick at plus 850 at Belvada, Bet Online, DraftKings, or Bet 365. And Fitzpatrick comes off a very solid end to the PGA tour season, second to BMW, ninth at the tour championship. That was great to see after a, a slower July from Fitzpatrick and you know, that steady PGA tour playoff performance is exactly what he needed. As he now comes back to a place in Switzerland where, where he's won on this golf course twice. The thing is, I disagree with Fitzpatrick number wholeheartedly. It should be closer to that ten to one range than 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 plus eight fifty. So I'm out on Fitzpatrick this week, especially off the quick travel across the pond uh, from Atlanta. So that's number one. We're out on Fitzpatrick. Number two is Lutvig Aberg at eighteen to one on BetMGM, and Aberg is another who's playing very well at the moment, coming off a fourth place finish. At last week's Czech Masters, but he's another one whose number is just completely off this week. How is the bookmaker going to tell me that a 23 year old who hasn't won a professional event yet is 18 to 1 going into the European Masters? I, I can't understand that. You're, you're going to want to stay away from that. You're also going to want to stay away from Aberg over Fitzpatrick. As we have to give Fitzpatrick respect uh, for his track record at the European Masters, you also don't want Aberg over Nikolai Hoshgard at minus one thirty, as that is totally overpriced considering how well Hoshgard is playing at the moment. And there's no point in taking Aberg over the fellow Swede Alexander Bjork at minus one fifteen. Because you can get Aberg to lead the Swedish leaderboard at plus 185. And you really only have Bjork and Sebastian Soderberg to contend with as far as that Swedish leaderboard is concerned. So we'll target Aberg on that Swedish leaderboard. And um, I'll give you a little bit more information on why there's not another Swede in this tournament who can beat Aberg. And we'll do that when we get to the picks to play. So uh, we're out on Aberg to win at 18 to 1. We move to...
0: I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much, maybe have that glass of wine or that beer, you're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink, and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players— and choose if they're gonna have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DriveKings Pick Six app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DriveKings Pick Six. The crown is yours. Gambling problem.
1: Who's also at eighteen to one on DraftKings, Bet three six five, and MGM, and you know, talking more about Hajgard, he he's not only had success on the European Tour this year, uh, you know, he he comes into Switzerland as the twenty first ranked player on the European Tour Order of Merit, but more impressively, Hajgard has also fared very well in the couple opportunities that he got on the PGA Tour this year. Twenty first at 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 the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. Six at the Scottish Open, twenty third at the Open Championship, and then fourteenth at the Wyndham Championship. So you're looking at a golfer of all religions in Nikolai Hoshgard. You know he he he's a player that can really play anywhere in the world, a la Robert McIntyre. And when when you're looking at players in this field who need a a really good two week run, as Luke Donald tries to make his captain selections for Rome. Hajgard Nikolai Hajgard we got to be careful he's got a twin brother who we're going to talk about in just a minute Nikolai Hajgard is on that list as he's currently 16th in the the European World Ryder Cup standings now the unfortunate part is just like Fitzpatrick and Aberg uh you know Hajgard's 18 to 1 outright number is a complete scam wow uh, by the books, I I I don't see he should be more around twenty five to one by by my estimation. So uh, we're out on the eighteen to one outright number, but I will have Nikolai to top ten at plus two forty over at William Hill. But stay away from that eighteen to one outright number on Nikolai Hoshgard this week. We move on to Adrian Moronk at 22-1 on DraftKings and Caesars. And Maranque is currently 11th on the European World uh, Ryder Cup standings. So here's another player where every week matters as far as getting to Rome is concerned. And while Maranque has excelled in Europe this year, he's fourth on the DP World Tour standings going into this week. Th- th- this is not someone who took advantage of opportunities on the PGA tour or in major championships this year, which is why he's kind of probably floating on the edge as far as Luke Donald's list is concerned. But, you know, looking over some of these starts in the bigger time events for Morocco, 45th at Riviera, miscut at Bay Hill, miscut at the masters, 40th at the PGA miscut at the U S open. And then another MC hammer at the Scottish open, you know, he really struggled In the moments where he had the opportunity to show Luke Donald, hey, Luke, you know, I I can do it on the big stage. Morocco never did that this year. So, uh, you know, uh, had he captured, had he capitalized more on the PGA Tour opportunities, he would probably be a lock for the European Ryder Cup team. But he will need a solid couple weeks here as Luke Donald tries to finalize that team. The good news for Morocco, we're not on Morocco this week. Uh, but next week is the Irish open and Moroc will be defending his title there. So that could be a monumental week, uh, for Moronk, but, uh, you know, for now we're staying away from, from him. You know, he, he last week, 62nd at the Czech masters, he's lost shots with his irons in three of his last four events coming into this event. So that's not going to translate well, um, here in Switzerland. And, 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 You know, he's never finished better than 27th at the European Masters. So this is just flat out all around a bad look for Adrian Moronk. We're off Moronk at 22 to 1 uh, this week. Next is Matt Wallace at 25 to 1 on MGM. I love Matt Wallace this week. I'll tell you why in the outrights. Next is going to be Robert McIntyre at 28 to 1 on MGM. And, you know, after the Scottish Open, where we almost hit Rob Mack at 100 to 1, the Scots struggled a bit in, in, in the two tournaments following that. It was the Open Championship and the ISPS Honda. Didn't perform well at either one of those events. But then he came back last week and finished fourth at the Czech Masters. So we're starting to see the style of golf that got Rob Mack all the way to to number 11 on the Ryder Cup standings. We're starting to see him round into that form again. I think there is no doubt we're going to see Rob Mack in Rome at the end of September, and I think this is someone who is going to do a lot of damage to the American team at the Ryder Cup. So we'll target Rob Mack in the the sleeper picks as we're getting just a phenomenal number for him to top 10. So we'll circle back to the Scott, and finally – On the odds favorites, uh, number seven on the odds favorites is Rasmus Hodgegaard, 28 to one on MGM. We already discussed his twin brother, Nikolai, and, and we'll be taking Nikolai to top 10, but we will also target the twin brother Rasmus in a different way this week. And that'll be in the matchups. Rasmus won the Omega Masters back in 2021 at just 20 years old. And that was already his third DP World Tour title at the time. He won his fourth earlier this summer in his home country of Denmark. But since his win at the beginning of July, you know, Rasmus has been on a a cold spell, missing two cuts over his last three events. And that is why we're getting him at such a good price in this first matchup over Jordan Smith, which you can buy at plus 115. Over on Bet Online. Once again, this is the first matchup of the week. It's Rasmus Hoshgaard over Jordan Smith at plus 115 on Bet Online. And, you know, I like Rasmus over Smith for a number of reasons this week. First off, despite struggling a bit as of late, we know Rasmus Hoshgaard can perform on this golf course as he's a past champion and he's only four starts removed from his last victory. So, he's got to have still he's got to still have some of that good form left. Jordan Smith on the other hand, you know, Jordan Smith only has two top 10s on the season and has failed to make the cut in each of his last two starts at the European Masters. That's number 1 and number 2. You have to putt well if you're going to contend on this golf course and Jordan Smith has flat out simply enough been one of the worst putters on the DP World Tour this season. So, the one and only matchup for this week is going to be Rasmus Hajgaard over Jordan Smith at plus 115 on bet online. We now move into the two picks to place for the European Masters. Number one is going to be Ludwig Aberg to lead the Swedes at plus 185 on DraftKings. And Aberg is going to have to beat eight Swedes if this one is going to cash, most notably. Uh Alexander B. York, uh, who, who is probably the only player who has the game right now to beat Aberg. Um, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I I don't want to sit here and lie to you. Bjork has the best scoring average on the European tour right now. But at this golf course, in this situation, I am fully confident that Ludwig Aberg can take it to B. York. Uh, due to the fact that Bjork has been highly questionable with the driver as of late. He's not driven it well as far as the past five events are concerned. So I don't think Aberg is going to have any problem putting away Bjork this week. Number two on that list of players that he's going to have to beat, that Aberg is going to have to beat, is Marcus Kennelt. Canalt had success at the Barbasol and Barracuda earlier this year on the PGA Tour, but his driving numbers and approach numbers have been very inconsistent all year. Sebastian Soderberg is a defending champion of this event, but has done nothing this year on the DP World Tour and has, has only finished better than 27th um, once in his last eight starts. So Soderberg, a big question mark. Abergh should have no problem with him this week. Uh, Simon Forstrom is number four on that list. Um, He's missed four cuts in his last eight starts. Jens Dantrop's best finish at the Omega Masters is tied 48th in two starts. Jens is another Swede that Aberg won't have an issue with. And I'll save you the time and tell you that the last three names on the Swedish leaderboard, uh, Lagren, Limki, and Lindberg, don't have a shot at beating Aberg. So we are essentially... Getting Ludwig Eberg over Bjork, Kinholt, and Soderberg at plus 185 odds. So pick the place number one will be Ludwig Aberg to lead the Swedes at plus 185 on DraftKings. Pick the place number two will be Nicola Hajgard, top 10 at plus 240 um, on William Hill. We talked a bit about Nicola in the favorites. He comes in here having finished 23rd or better. And four of his last five starts, including a tied for third finish at last week's Czech Masters. And I I like the fact that, you know, he in his one career start in Switzerland, he at least finished 29th on this golf course. That's not terrible. And I like this spot for Nicola, not only because of of the good recent play and solid course history, but also because he's right there in the mix to potentially grab one of Luke Donald's captain's picks for the European Ryder Cup team. So pick the place number two will be Nicola Hajgard to top 10 at plus 240 on William Hill. Ah. All right, guys, a quick word from my friends over at Pregame. Guys, the, the NFL season's around the corner. You have some of the best sharps in the world, some of the best handicappers in the world over at Pregame.com who are ready to sell you their picks for the NFL season. And if you use my coupon code, stroke 20. Once again, that is stroke two zero. You can get 20% off all of your picks from your favorite handicappers over at pregame.com. Once again, that is stroke 20 stroke two zero for 20% off all picks over at pregame.com. All right, back to the golf. All right, on to the one outright winner for the European Masters. It's going to be Matt Wallace at 25-1 to 1 on MGM. And, and people will will forget Matt Wallace won on the PGA Tour earlier this year at Corrales. And, you know, most people have forgotten about that because Wallace had a, a brutal end to the spring and, and the summer as he went from a PGA Tour winner to a player who didn't even make the playoffs at the end of the year. So... You know, the bottom line is there's just a few courses um, on the PGA tour that really fit the eye uh, uh, of a player with the game like Wallace, you know, he's your prototypical European tour talent. He's incredibly good with the short game and the putter, but can lose his driver from time to time, which, you know, won't be a huge deal at this golf course. You can get away with spraying it just a little bit. And on top of that, As far as his last two events, he's picked up shots with his driver and with his approach. So we're hoping that the ball striking is not a struggle this week. But even if it is, you look back at last year's Omega Masters and Wallace lost shots with the driver, lost shots with the putter, and still found a way to finish second by putting on a a clinic on and around the green. So This is a player who can flat out grind it out if things aren't going his way. And I really loved seeing him reemerge last week with a solo second place finish at the Czech masters. He has a, he, you know, he at the Czech masters, he was positive in every statistical denomination across the board. And I believe Matt Wallace has a chance to win in dominating fashion this week. So my one outright winner for the European masters is going to be Matt Wallace, at 25 to one on MGM. My one sleeper for the week is going to be Robert McIntyre to top 10 at plus three twenty on bet three, six, five. And, and basically Vegas is giving us one of the best players on the DP world tour to top 10 at sleeper odds. I mean, when I saw that I was getting the sixth ranked player on the DP world tour at sleeper odds, I, I, I was fired up. I mean, it is absolutely amazing how Robert McIntyre continues to be disrespected by the books, but we'll take it all day long, especially due to the fact that he's coming off a fourth place finish in the Czech Republic. And as I told you earlier, Crancier golf club is one that always produces a putting contest. And I would compare Robert McIntyre's brilliant putting to the putting of the open champion, Brian Harmon. This is a Scott who can flat out roll the rock. And I think Robert McIntyre, kind of like Matt Wallace is getting to a place where he's going to start really producing in some of these weaker fields. You know, last year, Rob got his first taste of, of success on American soil. This year, he he almost beat Roy McIlroy at his home tournament. So I really love the year-to-year progress that Rob Mack has not only made with his physical game, but also the mental progress he's made as far as handling the big moments. He did that at the Scottish this year. uh, And and I think he's going to do it again at the Ryder Cup in September. And, you know, the Scottish was such a close call. I mean, you know, you had Rory McIlroy produce two of the greatest shots of his life on the 72nd hole um, at the Renaissance Club just to beat Robert McIntyre. But I digress. I know you guys are getting you got to be getting tired. Of hearing the Scottish Open story. So the bottom line is our sleeper for this week is Robert McIntyre to top 10 at plus 320 on bet 365. Now, as far as the lineup is concerned, we're going to move away from the Yahoo and DraftKings fantasy lineup format that we were using for the PGA Tour season. For the rest of the DP World Tour season, we'll use the DP World Tours fantasy competition, which you can find at the DP World Tours website. We can pick any six golfers in this field, zero salary, zero cap. So not nearly as fun as the traditional Yahoo and DraftKings lineup. But uh, this, you know, this will have to do as Yahoo is not offering fantasy for the European tour, um, at least as far as I can see. So all you really have to do is pick your six favorite players in the field. And here are mine. Number one is Robert McIntyre. Number two is Justin saw an American who um, you know, is in the DP world tour field this week as he tries to secure some status across the pond, you know, saw really didn't have a strong finish to the PGA tour season due to um, you know, an extended streak of poor ball striking, but I'm looking for saw to take full advantage of the fact that this week is a putting contest and he is one of the best putters in the world. So we'll field saw as our number two. Number three is going to be Nicola Hodgegaard. Number four is going to be Rasmus Hodgegaard. For number five, I'll go with the Danish dart smoker and Thor Bijorn Olsen. And what a year Olsen is having with a, with a win and three other top 10 finishes on the season. And Olsen is another one who could easily sneak into one of Luke Donald's European captain's picks. But, he will 100% need a win here in the next two weeks to do so. And the reason I didn't take Olson in, in the picks is because he's missed four cuts and five starts at the European Masters. So I'm not confident enough to take him as a, a pick or a pick to place or as outright, but his recent play does warrant him a spot in my lineup. So Olson will be the number five and then my caboose for the week is going to be the rookie Ludwig Aberg. So, number one is Robert McIntyre. Number two is Justin Sa. Number three is Nicola Hajgaard. Number four is his twin brother Rasmus Hajgaard. Number five, Danish dart smoker, Dorby Olsen. And number six will be Ludwig Aberg. The scoring prediction uh, for this week the weather in Switzerland looks about as pure as it could possibly get. Highs of 78, lows of 50, Thursday through Sunday at Sierra Golf Club. Um, As I've told you all day, this will be a low-scoring putting competition. So my winning prediction for this week is 21 under par. Uh, For the first-round leader this week, it's going to be Eduardo Molinari at 70-1 to on DraftKings. And the younger brother of Francesco Molinari will make his 10th career start at the European Masters this week. He's had plenty of success at this golf tournament over the years. You know, uh, Eduardo has... You know He's had plenty of his own success in Europe over the years with three career DP World Tour wins, and I like his chances to stay hot after the 11th place finish at the Czech Masters last week. So I'm taking experience this week for my first round leader. It's Eduardo Molinari uh, at 70 to one on DraftKings to lead the first round. As far as my best bet is concerned, I'm taking Matt Wallace to top 10 at plus 320 on Bet Online. I will use my outright as the best bet this week, but here we will target Wallace with a top 10 ticket. And we have to jump on this one for the best bet because listen, your bookmaker is giving you plus 320 uh, for a guy who is simply much better than that for four different reasons. Number one, he finished second at the Omega Masters last year. Number two, he finished second at the Czech Masters last week. Number three, he's won on the PGA Tour this year. And number four, Wallace rolls the absolute lights out of it on the green. So his strength is going to be on full display this week at Cran Sierra. So my best bet for the European Masters is going to be Matt Wallace to top 10 at plus 320 on bet online. And that'll do it for the European Masters preview for more golf content. You can find me on Twitter at DRmedia59 and on Instagram at KingDoctor1 as we begin to roll out some more video coverage of the podcast. Thanks for joining me today, and we will talk next week, next Tuesday, ahead of the Irish Open.